Uh, this morning, I want to dive right in and continue in our uh, Backward Parenting series and, and give you a new word today. Uh, we've been covering one word each week and giving you one assignment and one memory verse uh, each week. Now, we got one more uh, after today in this series, and I believe this series has the potential, the content of it, uh, to change lives and to change the way uh, that we parent kids and to begin with the end in mind. And so I want to move on to the next word. We've covered honor and blessing and forgiveness. And today, uh, the one word today is compassion. And I, I want to start by defining uh, compassion. It is a deep feeling of sympathy towards someone else that moves us to help. It has to move us to help in order for it to be compassion. In other words, it is love in action. That's what compassion is, love in action. And, and uh, it doesn't take uh, a brain surgeon to look around in our world today and, and conclude that there is a lack of compassion in, in our world today. And uh, you can uh, blame it on whatever you want to blame it on, uh, but I mean, it's everywhere. We see it in bullying at schools. Uh, bullying on the internet or Facebook. We see it in fights, and it's not just fights in the classroom like or after school like you and I had growing up. Now they're videotaped and, uh, and put on the internet uh, for all to see. And you can, you, know, you can say that that comes from our kids watching violence uh, on television. You can say it comes from them playing some sort of a violent video game. Uh, I, you know, some would conclude that even watching American Idol, you know, which promotes laughing at somebody else's expense, uh, could be to blame for it. I, maybe all of those contribute. All, maybe all of those together uh, contribute. But I would suggest to you today that the real culprit is, is in the home uh, with us as parents and, and the way that we uh, raise our kids. And, and I would say that there is a push on us as parents today uh, by the culture that we live in that is pushing us towards a new type of parenting, uh, which you don't find anywhere in Scripture. And, and the new type of parenting is drop-off parenting, and, and that we want to take our kids to school, drop them off, and expect the teachers to give our kids morals and the, the teachers to give our kids ethics. Or we're going to drop them off at baseball practice and expect the coach uh, to teach them sports and to teach them how uh, to play the game. Or we're going to drop them off at dance or uh, class or, you know, scout or their friend's house, and we expect everyone else to pick up the slack. And you just don't find that anywhere in Scripture. And many of us as parents, though, are at a loss sometimes, and what we really want is we just want somebody else to tell us what to do. As a parent, we want somebody else to give us the answers. We want somebody else to give us the solutions on how to handle our kids. And if somebody could just provide for us seven easy, quick steps to make our kids obey then, uh, you know, we would be fine, but it's just not that easy, right? And uh, parenting is neither easy nor convenient uh, most of the time, but raising kids is a big deal according to Scripture, and we've been looking at that uh, throughout this series, and, and we're not just shaping the kids here. We're shaping the kids' impact and, and view of their Heavenly Father because they gain their view of their Heavenly Father from their earthly parents, and, and so it's a big stinking deal today in, in our culture. Uh, God raises us in, in the right way, and we ought to follow his model and demonstrate that with, with our children. I want to look at one verse of scripture on the screen with you real quick. It's 1 John uh, 3.16. Some of you know John 3.16, but 1 John uh, 3.16 tells us uh, 
that we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. John 3.16 tells us God so loved the world that he gave us his son. 1 John 3.16 is the same thing. It just puts the ball back in our court. That God so loved us, now we're to do something with it. And we're to love our brothers and we're to love our sisters just like God uh, loved us. Uh, and the way we do that is by giving to them. Let's look at the next verse, verse 17. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? That's a tough question, isn't it? If someone has enough money to live well, and by the way, is this an American book? No, it's a global book, right? And so all of us have enough money to live well. On a global standard, all of us have enough money to live well. And so if a person has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can the love of God be in that person? I'm not sure if that's a rhetorical question or not, but, but how could the love of God be in that person? Look at verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And so every week we've given you assignments. Uh, they're not easy. The emails are flooding in uh, with the difficulty of the assignments, uh, and I hope that you're doing them. Because as practical and as, as good as they are, they're just biblical. And when you obey the Bible, and when you obey the Word of God, God does something powerful in your life. And good things happen. An amazing uh, thing happens when you let the Holy Spirit uh, be in control of your life and let Him take charge. The assignment this last week was to model compassion ahead of time. And we gave you Clean Slate Weekend as an opportunity to model compassion uh, for your children. We added an element to the weekend where we did a school so that you could take your kids with you to model compassion with uh, your children. One of the things that we felt so strongly about this morning is that the kids that, of the parents who worked in the other four homes and were up here in child care you know, all day on Friday and all day on Saturday that they understand where mom and dad were all weekend. So we're showing the videos in, in our preschool children and student areas this morning so that they understand this is what mom and dad were doing uh, this weekend for the thousand plus volunteers that we're serving uh, in, in the weekend. Modeling compassion is the best way to teach it to your children. You've been blessed. Every one of you have been blessed. If you're, you're sitting on the sound of my voice today, you've been blessed. And you have not been blessed in order to hoard the blessing. You have been blessed in order to be a blessing. And that's what John is saying in First John is, is that you ought to express it. It's good to express your love through words. It's important. But it's equally, if not more important, to express it through your actions. Over the last four years, our church has been involved in a project called Clean Slate. We've been doing, uh, up until this last weekend, we've done 17 home makeovers, empowering thousands of volunteers. Uh, this year, we reached over a half a million dollars in, in donations uh, to put back into the city, to put back into projects, to put back into people's lives. And one word really describes it, unbelievable. I mean, it, it, when, when you see it, uh, and, and there's no way for you to see it today, okay? I just want to let you in on the front end. You're seeing one snapshot, really, of what happened over the weekend. It is impossible for a photographer to go in and, and to take a couple of snapshots and us put it on a screen and you to have any idea what happened in that home uh, over the course of really two months culminating in the last few days. But the power of Clean Slate is not in the staff, it's not in the resources, and it's not in the money. 
The power of clean slate is in the volunteers, all of us rolling up our sleeves and and living out compassion each year. And each year we try to do it a little different. Maybe we do more homes. Maybe maybe we do homes in a different way. This year we added the school. We've never done that before. Uh, And and the reason uh, that that kind of played out is that they – we worked with one school to find the applicants. At the end of the process, we wanted to help all of them, and one way to help all of them was to do the school. And, and so uh, we, and tomorrow morning, uh, we will unveil the school, the new and improved Wright Elementary School to all of the students. Our children's ministry is going to go do a, uh, uh, an assembly uh, for the kids and for them to see it. It's amazing how all this plays out. And so uh, we had four other homes uh, this year that we did, which brings us to 21 homes, one school, half a million dollars, thousands of volunteers through Clean Slate. Give yourselves a hand uh, because I think uh, the Lord is proud. I want to welcome Denise uh, Lopez to the stage. And while she comes to the stage, I just want to say to you, this year we had some people uh, and some organizations jump in big time and help us. Uh, as sponsors, Roush Coleman Homes has done that before, and so we say thanks to them. Big Splash, Empire Plumbing and, and Fixtures, Metro uh, Supply, Omni Mechanical, and Cakes OJ all got on board uh, this year to help us tremendously, and uh, we thank all of those people and organizations for helping us. Denise, yeah. tell us about the, the school. Tell us about the school. Okay, well, it's Wright Elementary, and it is very old, and it has never been renovated, and it's full of wonderful people and wonderful students. And so uh, really Chris Campbell came up, we were trying to figure out a way to reach Midtown and and help in that area and decided to do an elementary school. And through a relationship that uh, actually Brother John Wheeler had with the school already, uh, we chose Wright. And so, you know, a school is just drab and dreary. And I'll tell you a little bit about the The front office just looks like a normal front office, you know, with dated furniture. You don't get to spend money on things like that. That's the thing. Schools spend money on uh, books and curriculum and salaries, and the building comes last. But, you know, and you know in your own home, you know, if you just are, it's a dud, and you want it to look nice. And so we wanted the same thing for the kids and for the school. Um, And the teacher's lounge, the teachers wouldn't even go in there, you know, and they did not... uh, they didn't use the teacher's lounge for planning or anything because it was... Yeah, after visiting the teacher's lounge yesterday, you're going to have trouble getting the teachers to go to right. class. Yeah, uh, if you want to know where the teachers are, yeah, they're in the lounge yeah. now. But, you know, the thing I would say about that, true, life is all about relationships. And first of all, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and second of all, with people. And so, if you, can't, if you don't have a spot to gather, then there's not a lot of camaraderie. And when the teachers, when you're a team then a lot more happens when you're each doing your own thing. And so it's true in a school, it's true in a church, it's true anywhere. And so um, anyway, transform the teacher's lounge. The nurse's station, it looked like, you know, mash, mash. unit. Yeah. It did. And uh, just it's amazing what uh, our people did. It's amazing what God did. And we'll just, we're going to take a look at it on the okay. screen.
Nathan, tell us about the project and well, some of the scope of what we did there. Well, that was the, the school project, obviously. And, and whenever we, uh, we sat down with Chris months ago and said, Clean Slate last year was, was such a big deal for me. And I was actually uh, with a friend of mine. And we said, hey, we want to... We want to know what's next because it's, it's just such an amazing feeling uh, to be able to, to really reach the community. And really, it's where our mission statement meets what we do, glorifying God by helping all people. And so in this church, if you believe in that mission statement, Clean Slate is, is what you need to be involved in because really that is it in action. It's following God out into the world and out into the community and being his hands and feet. So it's amazing. And so they said, well, we're going to do a school. Is that, is that bigger? Is that what you're thinking about? And, and yes, we all know an elementary school is bigger yeah, than 100, a house. 100,000 square feet is bigger. 100,000 square feet is bigger. And instead of one homeowner, you might have dozens because the teachers are your homeowner and the principal is your homeowner and they, they're who you are emotionally tied to. And so we, we go into Wright Elementary, and, and uh, Chris said, dream big. And we all know Chris loves to dream big. And so he threw that out there and said, dream big. And they were. They were dreaming big, and, and here's what we would love. And they were almost uh, didn't want to tell us what they wanted because maybe they were ashamed to ask for it or didn't think they were worthy. But we kept on prying. And no, tell us what you need. And so what you saw there in pictures were the work of uh, uh, 300 volunteers. And with 300 individual volunteers with no organization, we know we could not get that done. It'd be absolutely impossible. Uh, but our, we have a team that is in place that I want to recognize uh, quickly and tell you what they did and then briefly uh, or tell you what position they were and then briefly, briefly tell you what they did. First and foremost would be Stephanie Ellis, who does not go to church here, but can't, she's a professional muralist. And she transformed the cafeteria into a fun and exciting place for these kids to eat lunch. And if you ha can have not experienced that or have not been able to see the school, I encourage you to try to come out Monday or come out at some point and go look at this. Because when you have a blue, dark blue and white drabby wall and you leave on Friday and you come back and you've got grass painted and you've got clouds and you've got helicopters and planes and, and all these things painted on the wall. As an elementary school, school student, it's going to be breathtaking, unbelievable. You're going to say, how did this happen? And so all in, in all, we had 45 murals painted, okay? And that was not all in the cafeteria, but 45 murals, and all of them are grade A. All of them. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like three stories. You know, so you, I don't know how to explain that, but you go stairs, there's a mural here, you turn the corner. Like the stairwell. Yeah, there's, there's a mural here, then you turn the corner on the third, there's a mural, and they went all the way up, all the way around the whole, it's incredible when well, you go see Well, in 3D, it. like for instance, there was a helicopter landing pad, it's uh, skis. Yeah. yeah. It's water skis that were painted black that are now, you know, the base of a helicopter. The landing 3D. gear. Awesome. And then the, there's a propeller plane that has the propeller. It's actually sticking out. And so just some amazing things that the kids are going to easily notice. They're going to walk through and say, wow, you know, what happened here? And all of that was the, the handiwork of Natasha Perryman, which we basically brought her in and said, okay, we've got an elementary school and you're an artist. And she honestly is so thankful that she is, for the first time in her life, as she was telling Denise and I, she's been able to use what God gave her as her gift as an artist to serve the Lord. And I mean, it has been such a wonderful thing for her and her heart, and so she loves it. Uh, but so she put together this plan, had nothing to do with me or Chris or anybody. She just put together this plan, and when you walk through, her handiwork is all over the place. Carol Corbett uh, was in charge of the office, and we got four new desks. We painted it. We uh, got new equipment for them. I mean, when you walk in, they have more room, more organization. It's going to be a whole new day for them Monday morning for the staff there. Uh, we had a, the nurses team, and you saw that video of when the nurse comes in, and, you, and it pans over, and you look out the window, and you see the team, and they're just peeking through this window, just so wanting to be a part of it. Unfortunately, all 300 of us can't walk in together through the whole thing. <laughs> 
but they just want to see her and say, you know, see her reaction, see what God did for her. And so it's such an inspiration to see that, to see that in the video. And that was Greg, uh, who was in charge of the, of the nurse's station, Nick Parker and his team, uh, the teacher's lounge, like they were saying. I mean, we, after, commu- after the clean slate was over and everybody left, uh, we were uh, in the teacher's lounge with the teachers for another two hours talking yesterday. And we all are tired. We all want to go home. The teachers are emotional. But it's, it's that excitement and what has happened that just keeps us there and draws us there. You know, it's like this empty feeling like the last day of school. Some, some of us used to have that. When we all leave clean slate, we're walking around saying, Where's my buddy? You know, who's, I, I painted next to you or I did this next to you. So it's such an amazing, amazing opportunity. I'll keep going. Okay. So <laughs> Michelle Thomas, our volunteer coordinator, coordinating 300 people to do something. Uh, very, very hard to do. Feeding all those people mm-hmm. would be uh, John, L. Yeah, John, L. Co- uh, John L. Cooper. Kevin, uh, Kevin Heaney was outside, did a botanical garden area so they can learn outside. Yeah. So the elementary kids can go out and look at tomatoes and strawberries and how to plant them and that kind of thing. Um, Pastor uh, Franco here at our church did the granite force at our, at our Hispanic church. And uh, Janelle Cooper is the one who fed the 300 people. And so there's just a, a lot of people involved uh, in this school project. And, and it, it was such a big project, as Alex said, a snapshot does not do it justice. Mm. Uh, but what an amazing thing to be a part of. Mm. Really cool. Really, really cool. I, 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 one of the things that the Lord, I shared this with you a few weeks ago, a month ago, that I've been very, very troubled to watch the news on Tulsa Public Schools uh, and them forcing or forced to shut down, I think, 14 campuses, at last I heard. And, and I've asked the question many, many times, how does that happen to a public school system in a city with this many churches? I mean, how, 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 I mean, how that many believers in, involved in a city and part of a, the, the makeup of a city, how does that happen? And, and uh, I, I've asked that question. I've wrestled in private about it. I've wrestled with the Lord about it. I've wrestled with people about it. And, and uh, I meet with uh, 15 pastors that uh, I mentor once every six weeks. We get together for a half a day. And, and this last week I got together with them and, and I asked them the question. I said, can each of you promise that you'll find five pastors who will get involved in, in this process. And, and, and they said, what do you mean? I said, I want you to find me five pastors that each, will, their church will take a school in the Tulsa public school system so that every Tulsa public school will have a church assigned to it to minister, to help, and to come alongside in any way uh, that they need us to do that. And, and all 15 pastors said, yes, we can do that, and we promise. And, and uh, so we prayed together, believe in God for that. It's exciting to watch and see how, how that's going to happen because, you know, I've told you this before, Battle, Church of Battle Creek can't reach us to Sid Tulsa all by itself. <laughs> And uh, we got to do that together. And we're part of something much bigger uh, than us in, in the body of Christ. And so uh, thank the Lord for Nathan and his team and the group that did the school. Pray tomorrow for that assembly uh, that God will give us new doors into uh, the public school system. To the principal, uh, is she here this hour? Or? Ms. McCain, she yeah, is. There she She's is back there. We, yeah. and, uh, and the maintenance team that helped us there. And... Uh, she opened the door for us to come in, and that, that was done by uh, a conspiracy of kindness by John Wheeler, uh, and, and serving there and ministering there and uh, opening the door for us to come in and, and minister. So thank the Lord for this team and all involved. Yeah. Thanks, Good Nathan. Job. And uh, Good job. 
Denise, introduce okay. us to team one. Okay, team one, all of the homes that we selected came out of Wright Elementary in one way or the other. And the first homeowners are Rex and Jennifer Eshelman, and they have ch three children, 15, 12, and six. And Jennifer has um, does childcare in her home as well. So she not only, that is her home, it's her place of business as well. And so, um, you know, these are, are smaller, older homes, and there's a lot going in, on within them. And so they just really needed help. They needed updating. They, uh, Rex was injured at work and he was on disability for about six months. And you know, when things like that happens, it'll mess you up. And so financially and in, and in every other way. So uh, they filled out an application and they're just, you know, it's really not so much about the house or the bedding or anything like that, but it's about the people. And one of the things that I love out of this house was the relationship that the family friend had with them. And uh, Jason and Stacy Streeter were the family friends, and Jason told me last night that he and Stacy kept the kids so that they could have a date night on Friday night. And then he said, and they came over and just hung out. You know, and I love that the Lord just knits our hearts together. And having known each other only a couple of weeks, and you know, Vordy, just good friends. Um, and the project manager on this was Bob Sorrells, and Kara Pasley was the designer, and they did an amazing job. And I've got a picture of what they did.
clean slates are never without challenges, and one, though, that you don't want to have to deal with is rain all day long on Friday, all day long on Friday. And so, honestly, that kind of threw them behind a little bit, and uh, they finished last night at 11 o'clock. They finished at 11 o'clock. did a fantastic job. It was beautiful. Bob, give us, like, really just a look what God did moment. Okay. This was a really a great opportunity for all of our group to minister, and we just really pulled together as a group. And what was interesting about this house is that this was a rental, and the people that were renting, uh, when we first went in, we, they thought we were just going to do one room. So we went and looked at the bathroom, and then after that we started talking about the knocking down a wall here, doing this there, and Jennifer's eyes got bigger and bigger. And when I got home that evening, she called me and said, Bob, I've got to tell you something. I haven't talked to the owner of the house yet because I thought you were going to do one room. And we were a little worried about that, but the owner was very welcome to, to for us to do this ministry. And as we were beginning, Jennifer and Rex are just really great people, have a great family. And as we were getting ready to start the ministry, our designer, Kara, calls me and says, well, Bob, I won't be able to be there on the beginning of the day on Thursday. I have it covered, but I can't be there. And so I started wondering what's happening here, but she said, well, it turned out she uh, was doing a shoot in Dallas for HGTV that's going to air in August. So I said, well, we're going to be okay on this because she yeah. can do this. She's a really a great designer. <laughs> yes, Kara. You know, if HGTV wants her, you know, okay, we'll take her. <laughs> And so when we started out on Thursday, it really looked like we were, we were doing great. We were doing really well in the bathroom. We had the wall knocked down. Things were going well. We had the people going to the landscaping. And then Friday happened, troubled Friday. Uh, we were finding all kinds of leaks in the bathroom. We had every type of difficulty that you can think of. Then I started thinking, we're never going to finish. But then Saturday came, and it was a great day where we all pulled together. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, really great volunteers. We had, you know, the, the older group that were tried and true, where you can always count on them. But we also had a lot of younger people. We really saw, we really saw them spreading their wings mm -hmm. and joining in this ministry. And I know that many of my team one are probably tired of my emails. I probably had, I, somebody, I, I had several people said, Bob, please take me off your list. <laughs> so, and I, I and I did, but we did. I tried to keep good communication. I took myself off the list. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we uh, my really wow moment was on Saturday, and as we were hurrying, trying to get things finished, it seemed like all of a sudden everything was in slow motion. And as I looked at my team leaders. You know, I could just see the, the intensity in their eyes and just how they were working and they were directing their workers. And it was just really inspiring. Mm -hmm. And just the look in their eyes and the joy in ministry that I knew that things would, would work out well, and it did. Yeah. And it turned out to be a, a great home and a great makeover. Yeah. Yeah. One of the neat things, too, is that Bob's sister flew in from Los Angeles to come and be a part. And I love that, you know, I, that uh, even... Not that you're old or anything, but you know, 
that your siblings, I mean, brothers and sisters still want to be a part of what their brother and sister is doing. Now, that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that probably a lot of people don't know over the weekend, probably most of his team doesn't know, but he's had some major health challenges. In fact, the doctor wanted to put him in the hospital, and he said, no, not before uh, clean slate. And so he's going to the doctor tomorrow, and he's got some issues mm. going on with his feet that, uh, honestly, we probably should take a moment and pray mm. if we can, Alex. Yeah, let's do that. In fact, let me just say this to you. The very fact, I'm part of the story that we don't have time to talk about today and I want to do in the future, is how did Bob end up in this chair? And he's serving the Lord, called halfway across the world to be a missionary, ended up with an amazing, rare scenario and ended up in a wheelchair and uh, became a Clean Slate Project Manager. So what I want to say to those of you who think you have some excuse to not serve and to not use your gifts and talents, here's its proof you have no excuse. Uh, Zero. And, uh, And you are to do what the Lord wants you to do. So let's pray right now. Father, we pray right now for our brother Bob. We thank you for what you've done in him and through him the last mm-hmm. few weeks in Clean Slate with this family. And Father, we pray for complete healing uh, of whatever the issues are with his feet. And Father, we pray that you would minister grace there. Be with the doctors. Give them insight beyond their ability and beyond their experience that comes only from heaven. Mm-hmm. And we pray that you, the great physician, for your own glory would do something miraculous and heal our brother. And we trust you to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Put thank your hands together and thank the Lord for Bob and for this team. And Denise, introduce okay. us to the next one, if you uh, would. In fact, let me, let me say this. I want to give you a, a sentence of backdrop before uh, Denise introduces us to this family. This, there, there is a uh, 20-something-year-old in our church. How old is she? Well, she's like 24 or 5. 27. She looks so young. 27 year old. You in called our, her a kid in, in, in her first church. service. Yeah, she's a kid compared to you. And, and, and so, uh, so. She could be my kid and I would take her. <laughs> so, Margot through adopted and our, our ministry of orphan care uh, became a volunteer at Laura Dester Shelter, which is the Tulsa DHS shelter. Uh, volunteered there. Then through the pushing of the adopted team and, and the leadership and the encouragement of the adopted team, uh, applied and was certified to be a respite care, which means she's a certified DHS babysitter for foster care parents to give foster care parents a break. And so you have to be certified to do that, and it's called respite care, which is an enormous need for those who do foster care uh, ministry. And so she signed up to do that. 18 months goes by, and she's not given a family to do respite care. She walks into a Chick-fil-A that she had never been in and doesn't frequent and sees Jeanette, uh, our uh, Clean Slate uh, family, come in with her uh, child or children, and she recognizes one of the children from Laura Dester, where she had volunteered. She walks over to uh, John Etten and says, I know the child uh, that you have, and I so I know you're a foster care uh, mother, and I'm a respite uh, provider and help provider, and I just want to volunteer to help you in any way I can. Now, little did she know that the conversation that was happening was Johnette was telling her friend at Chick-fil-A, I can't do this another day unless God sends me some help. And in the middle of that conversation, here comes Margo uh, saying, which Johnette called her the next day, said, can you come today uh, <laughs> to help me, which is how we were introduced to Johnette and her right. children. So tell us a little well, bit. Well, Margo, I mean, she wanted to, um, you know, send in her application, nominate her 
But then she found out that we really, this year, only did the families through right. And so Marco was like, ah, they go to right. And so, I mean, it was just you know, the sovereignty of God, and that's what I love. You can't, you know what? You can't work this up. You can't plan this. It is the sovereignty of God working in people's lives. And you know what Margot did? She obeyed. That's what I'm thinking, you know, is the key to clean slate or anything else. God doing amazing things is hearing the voice of God and obeying. Because, you know, do you really go up to somebody at Chick-fil-A and say, hey, I want to watch your kids? <laughs> but Margot heard the voice of God and she obeyed. So, uh, I, John, Jonette is an amazing lady. In 2002, as a single young professional social worker, she uh, bought her home and started her career. And she thought, man, this is great. And in 2009, she decided to become a foster parent to a little boy. And then come to find out, he had a little brother. And she meant to have one... Uh, child in her home. And so she said, sure. And then 10 months later, she brings their five-month-old sister into the home. So now she has three children in an 820-square-foot house with two bedrooms, one bathroom. And so DHS mandates that um, a child above the age of 12 um, has their own, uh, cannot sleep in 12 the... 12 months. 12 months, sorry. Yeah, 12 months. Cannot be in the parent's bedroom. And so she didn't know what she was going to do. And she didn't really have finances. I mean, three children, single income, social worker. She didn't have the income to do that. And uh, so Margot sends in her application. But I got to tell you a little bit about Jonette because she didn't tell me this, but I snooped around a little bit. I looked around a little bit. And uh, I discovered that she was a four-year letterman in soccer at OU. She led her team was scoring for three consecutive seasons. She was a three-time all-academic in the Big 12. She's a psych ma major graduating with a 4-0. Mm. Wow. And you know, a lot of the awesome, yes. So she's this amazing lady doing amazing things, uh, honestly, for God. One of the things, though, that I love, she sent her application, and we always ask, hey, what, what room would you like redone? And she said, you know, just anything that you can do, but this is what, it has to be, my home needs to be DHS um, compliable. And then this is what she said. I felt that God called me to take the oldest one into my home. I did not know that he planned to bring in his brother and sister. And I talked to God about this. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, I talked to God about this for a long time and finally said, okay, God, I will do this, but I can't do this on my ability or strength. If you want this to happen, then you have to show up. And then she said, he has, before we even came into her home. And then she said, whether or not Battle Creek can help my family, I am honored to be considered, and I know that God will provide for us. Thank you for this opportunity, which can only occur because churches and Christians, such as yourself, take the words of Christ seriously and love one another. And here's how God showed up at Johnette's house.
What are you feeling right now? <laughs> After this, you let me Gratitude, um, love, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, overwhelming, overwhelming love. How has Clean Slate going to change your life? Uh, just a constant reminder of how God has provided for this family, um, how the people in, <laughs> in uh, the people of God have come together to help out our family, and it's going to help us by being a constant reminder. Your work and your help for our family is God's ministry here in Tulsa, and thank you. manager on that was Jeff Smith and the and the designer the designer was Lori Crow and uh, Jeff I knew we had to do an addition and Jeff is the owner of Cedar Rock Homes and so I was like Jeff here's your project <laughs> thank you by the way for that. You're, you're welcome clean clean slate is amazing and and when Denise talked to me about Jonette and the family and, and what they needed and the situation that she was in that she had to have another bedroom she had to have another bathroom or she was going to have to buy a new house then you know of course we're all on board but not only did we do that we created her own living space we turned a single car garage into a bedroom a bathroom a mud area so when they when the kids come in they can set their backpacks down and, and, and be organized with everything but not only did we do that, but then we went into the rest of the home and, and you see Heaven's room. That's a little princess getaway for her now. And that dollhouse that Lissa Hunter built, yeah. um, you know, absolutely amazing that, that they can do that. And, and the two boys and those bunk beds that look like a fort. Yeah. Um, I mean, those, the kids ran in there last night and, and were just overwhelmed and, and loved everything about it. It was awesome. Awesome. And, and even past that, you know, Metro donated appliances for this right. house, and, and so we're in there for looking them, right? for, for every for house. For every right? home. Yeah. Metro appliances donated uh, appliances yeah, for every for home. The, for the whole kitchen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that amazes me. Yeah. Yeah. The, the team leaders are in there one of the first times, and we're looking at this, and we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to get all these appliances. And we look at the kitchen, and there's no dishwasher. It's 2011. Everybody has a dishwasher. But Jonette does not. And so we actually made the kitchen two foot bigger and to accommodate a dishwasher. For the, so for the first time in nine years of living in that home, she with will have a dishwasher. Children. With three children. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. she will have a dishwasher. Awesome. To wash Praise dishes. Praise the Lord. That, well, and the Praise thing the is, you took an 820 square foot house and you added 230. 230 square feet square to the home. Feet. And what was kind of the cash value? Well, I would like to say this because I'm sure Lori would like for me to say, Jeff gave her no money. Okay. She's when they, the designer. She's the designer. And so he said, you can't have any money. She said, what? If you know Lori. And so. She uh, said more than that. She did. <laughs> so. She cried for a few days, I think. Yeah. But you know what? That is that. That's the glory to God moment. Because then God says, you know what, Lori, you, you don't have any money, but I do. And I'll show you how you're going to get it. So she actually, one of the things she put on Facebook, so she says, I would like to thank Jesus and Mark Zuckerberg or whatever his name is that, you know, made up Facebook because that's how she, she put out on Facebook, do you have this? And people just begin to even give money, give things. It was amazing. Tell them the cash value of the whole, of the house. Well, we get, get $2,500 from the church to, to do a clean slate project. And we knew going into when, when, when Denise or Angie Bjornberg, our, our accountant, gave us the money, then I said right then to all the team leaders, well, $2,500, you're not going to see a penny of it because it's going to take well more than that just to do the construction part and, and get the house ready to decorate, to organize, to landscape and everything else. 
And so, you know, that's kind of the God moment there that they all went with that. They could mm -hmm. have got up from the table and walked away and said, you're yeah. crazy. We're not Have doing it. Team. Yeah. But they, they <laughs> stayed with me and they went out and, yes. they, and they raised money. We raised over $8,000 cash from our community groups to help do everything. And I sent an email to, to our community groups last night that the total value of everything that we did in the house is approximately $52,000. It's amazing. Wow. Awesome. You did it. Amazing. And, uh, if you go watch them from angles, uh, you know, and just walk through the homes like Denise and I did, I mean, you just go home to home and, and see all that. You, you see uh, from an, a zoomed out picture just the gifts and talents of the people on the location and at the home. Just from Jeff being a, a, a home builder and, and knowing how to do that mm -hmm. and also knowing how to stay on budget and saying, no, you can't have any more yeah. money, which many people couldn't do that and say you don't get any money. So the gifts and talents there, Lori walking me through saying, uh, everything she showed me, she felt the need to tell me how little she spent on it. And, and uh, you know, and I, I did this for free. This was the air duct, you know, that we made a shelf out of. And, and uh, just incredibly talented. I love that. She knows that I love frugality. And, and, and so she, she wanted to share that with me to Lissa Hunters. Lissa, in here, you know, because I, I offended her, I'm sure, last service. I told Lissa on Saturday at the house, if she could cook, she may be the most talented person I've ever met. And uh, uh, she can't cook because uh, I've been to her house. And, and, uh, but she can lead worship up here on a regular basis, teaching our children to lead worship. And she is the most amazing carpenter. And, and, and what she can do with us, I mean, just talent everywhere in the mix and the way this plays out. Now, I didn't ask Jonette's permission in the first service to share this. And so since I shared it in the first service, I don't think I need permission to share it in the second service. Uh, because it's out there. I mean, the whole world knows thousands and thousands of people. Uh, the pastor's group that I told you about that I mentor, her pastor is one of uh, the guys who, who he planted City Church uh, at the ballet a couple of years ago. And uh, Matt, I love hanging out with Matt. I love his faith and I love his vision. And uh, Matt said, I just want to share this story because we began the group this last week and I said, tell me some glory to God moments that are happening in, in your churches. And Matt just said, I got to share this story. He said, there's a, a young lady in our church, uh, which is funny to hear Matt say that because he looks 14, you know, and, and, and there's a young lady in our church who, who we've been preaching on generosity and we've been preaching on biblical stewardship and we've been preaching on what does the word of God have to say about giving. And this young lady in our church took a step of faith and gave to the Lord and was very nervous about giving to the Lord, but went ahead and stepped out in faith and gave to the Lord. And, and a day later or a few days later, I don't remember the timeline, a few days later, she finds out that she got selected as an applicant for clean slate. And uh, this is her right here. And uh, what's the, the principle there is bigger than all of us. You can never outgive God. You can never, ever, ever outgive God. And when you bring him into the equation, all kinds of things come into the equation that you and I could never have brought to the table. And, and so we say, praise the Lord. Thank you for uh, your faithfulness and, and your step of courage to give. Thank the Lord for this team and all the people who helped. Put your hands together and yeah. thank them. Thank you. All right, team three, All right, Denise. Team number three is a single mom, and she has a 22-year-old daughter and a 19-year-old daughter who are amazing young ladies. And um, Michelle is the secretary at Wright Elementary, and she's been there for 18 years. And actually, this last year in 2010, Michelle was the um, Tulsa Public School Employee of the Year. 
which sounds awesome, but if you know that they have 3,500 employees, that is an amazing thing. And so uh, when she, she went through the school first and she saw her desk, you know, and she was speechless. And I thought, we better have somebody there at her house like to do CPR. I mean, be ready in case, because like if she's happy about her desk, when she sees her house, I'm scared. But um, she is just such a neat lady. She's been with Ms. McCain, the principal, for like 20 years, 18 years. And um, between the three of these women in their home, they have five jobs. Both the girls are in college and they have one car. And so which that in and of itself amazes me that she's organized, but you know what? She pours herself into her girls so that they will contribute to the, to the world. Um, you know, really she asked for just a few uh, things to be fixed up. You know, this needs to be repaired, that needs to be repaired. If you could help me with this, that'd be great. And so they went in, Manon Fry, who's amazing, and Katie Steinglein went into that home and did, like they said, well, we're not just going to fix it up, we're going to redo this entire home. They put in a French drain, they gave her a new heat and air unit because it had been repaired seven times over the last year. Landscaping in the yard, amazing. Um, you know, I'm always blown away by the talents, just like you said. You know, the, the Bible tells us that we all together, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, are a necessary, separate and necessary part of the body. And it is so beautiful and amazing to see the body of Christ um, play out. And her brother, this is another neat story. Again, these br adult brothers and sisters that are there for one another, um, Dwayne, who also is a Tulsa Public uh, employee, took vacation days to be there you know, now that I think about that, maybe he was there to make sure nobody messed anything up. <laughs> I didn't think about that before, but he worked all three days, all three days around the clock. He was there, and then also his wife, Corey. And so, you know, um, God did amazing things. Let's take a look at what he did.
Awesome. Manon, tell us a little bit about the scope of the project. And well, I didn't cry the first service, but the family's here this service. I'm just honored to have them here. Microphone would help, probably. Um, I would call, I said earlier, this team the dream team, and I have to say that that is true. I never one time heard any volunteer, any team lead, anyone complain. It just got, got busy, mm -hmm. got dirty, didn't worry about the rain, didn't worry about anything. Um, and on that note, I'd like to at least mention the names and have them stand if they're here, our team leads. Katie Stenglein and Lisa Butts to design, Lance and Derek Newell. Uh, amazing with Applied Home Solutions. Stand up, give these two guys a they're round of applause. They're brothers. awesome. They're awesome. Heather Johnson, the family friend, Sarah Constable organization, Gentry Haynes Finance, Brad Sprague, Tom Quinn, and Steve Wood did landscaping. They were fantastic. Casey Wood, the volunteer coordinator, Molly Lukes, the hospitality, and then of course, brother Dwayne was there and he was phenomenal. Um, as far as uh, the major needs of the home, I know you all mentioned an older home having problems, and as you work on an older home, you every discover corner more. you discover more and more <laughs> problems. So um, originally, Lance went out to the house and crawled under the house in the mud and rain, and discovered a lot of plumbing problems. Mullen Plumbing addressed all of the plumbing issues in our home; they're all fixed now, um, which is a huge, expensive donation. And then um, we also discovered a lot of electrical issues, and there was a guy named Derek, um, the electrician. He was just Derek the electrician. I don't know his last name, which is Derek horrible. The but he was awesome. He fixed all kinds of things all throughout the project. It's like so. John the Baptist. Yeah, John Derek, Derek yeah. the electrician. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I am not maybe <laughs> as organized as Jeff on adding up donations. I'm not a numbers gal um, at all. But I am sure I could not even count the um, dollar value of donations and then the heart value of the no. donations. Because these guys, these businesses, they didn't even just like donate. They were actually like out there working with us, I which I help? thought was yeah. amazing. Like the guy from Mullen Plumbing, I think he like owns Mullen Plumbing or something. He was like out there like Mullen crawling the around. Yeah. Like he was just like, it was amazing. Yeah. It was so awesome. I would say this too about this house. I didn't... Years, four years, been going to all the clean slate houses. I've never seen people in charge of the food for the volunteers preparing the food at the house. Like it's usually pizza, and, and you know how I feel about Little Caesars. And, and uh, but this team was grilling hot dogs and hamburgers yeah. outside, and, and I, I told them how impressed I was. This is John, your mom and dad, I think. And, and they said next year we're doing a fish fry, and, and uh, we just want to put the pressure on all the groups. <laughs> Uh, to which my daughter was with me, and she said, Dad, it's not a competition. I said, oh, yeah, it is. Everything's a competition. <laughs> uh, this is really cool. Um, so obviously you saw and heard from what Denise said about how amazing Michelle, Amanda, and Rebecca are, and um, I've never seen a family so loving. Like, mm -hmm. I hope that my children love each other as much as Dwayne and Michelle love each other, and I hope my children respect me and honor me as much as Michelle's girls do so for her. That was a learning. I mean, a clean slate, it gives our hearts as leaders and volunteers um, a clean slate too and gives us perspective. I thought it was interesting, the parenting series, and then you see the parent that she obviously is to have children like that and the parents that they must have had. Um, pretty, pretty amazing. But on the note of um, a clean slate and getting something new going and five, jobs, five right? job five and job. one car problem, we had um, a clean slate connection from last year. 
and uh, Ryan Lelf. He works at Nelson Mazda now. And Nelson Mazda donated money, and so did a lot of other volunteers and people in the community. And so we have something for you today that might alleviate your need to have a night job and to focus on your schooling, girls. And um, so we have some keys for you here. And I think they go to a car that's parked outside. So I'm going to give these to her. Wow. And I would say on the Backward Parenting series that mom gets to pick who gets what car. And, and uh, <laughs> that that's not the children's role to do that. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Yes. Take them yes. and show them the car. Nothing I have yeah, to say. The rest like, of the service you know. is worth it. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. But, fantastic. I'm, honestly, that goes back to the whole hearing God speak in obedience. We obviously don't never set out to buy a car for families. I mean, you know, you just never know what the needs are, but you see a need and then you address the need mm -hmm. as the Holy Spirit leads you to do. So, wow, we way to go for team three. Well, all right, team four. Oh, we got like three minutes to do team okay, four. Team four, here we go. Uh, team four actually uh, had another home and about, uh, we give the homes about eight weeks out. We say, here's your home. Uh, here's the homeowner, here's the situation, and you all, team, go to work. And so the team four went to work. Uh, Jonathan Butler is the project manager on that, and we discovered there were just a lot of issues going on, and we were not able to do uh, the home, the family that we originally meant to do. So two weeks ago, we gave Jonathan a new family, and uh, it is a single mom, Amanda Buckingham, and her little girl, Gracie Buckingham, and Amanda's a teacher. Um, she teaches, I think, second and third grade of uh, disability children, learning disabilities at Wright Elementary. And, you know, her home, again, it's the age of the home, a single mom. She doesn't have financial means, nor does she have, you know, the skill set to do all the things. And, again, in the home, it's old. And, we you know, when they went to put in, like, oh, hey, let's just put a can light in there. Well, I don't know if you know about homes that were built in, like, 1940 or so, but um, it's not like sheetrock put in a – it's uh, – plaster and this mesh stuff. So when you like drill saw around, it becomes a jaggedy hole rather than just the can. So don't you try that. We, yeah, that's no, I don't have the skill set either is the thing I was thinking the whole time. <laughs> but uh, just such a sweet, sweet lady that, um, you know, she said, I don't really, I, you know, I appreciate everything that I have. And she really didn't feel like, hey, should I even be applying for this? But then I love that she just, again, heard from God and filled out the application. And so uh, she said, I recently started talking to God about this. And you know what? That's what I love too is that Jonette was the same way. She said, you know what? I just started to talk to God and I started asking God. And so I would say to you, and it may not be your house. It may not be your car. It may be your children. It may be a job. I don't know. But you ought to start to, start to talk to God about it. And you never know what he might do. Let's take a look.
someone else to feel what I'm feeling now. I just want to be able to step in and do what they've done and, and put that much time and energy into, into just giving to somebody else. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your project. <laughs> well, um, God's timing is never our timing. And so uh, sometimes I kind of feel like God's a procrastinator. But it's really that I just don't way, see the I'm big <laughs> I don't see the big picture. Uh, and he's a master uh, at logistics, and he knows everything. And so sometimes you just have to just be patient. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we were thrown a little bit of a curveball with two weeks to get a clean slate done. But God did amazing things. There's really uh, some significant God moments. Mm -hmm that uh, really just kind of jaw-dropping it as far as what God did. First of all, um, when we started the project, Denise came with a great idea, and uh, she had a guy in her community group. His name was Sam. He was dream team. He was carpenter extraordinaire, and so I was so excited, and he's like, I can do anything. I can do anything. And so we were ready to go, and... Uh, about two or three weeks later, he came to yeah. me and he's like, I can do anything, and I took a job in Boulder, <laughs> and I'm gone. And so he moved away. And uh, <laughs> so I didn't have a carpenter, and uh, yeah, I'm not a carpenter. So um, all the while, um, a man named Chris Rector, who goes, he doesn't go to this church, he goes to uh, Life Church. Mm -hmm and God had been dealing with him about using his talents for, for him. And so he was sitting in a, a cafe in Brookside, mm -hmm. just praying, and he's like, God, man, I want, I want you to use my talents, and you know, here I am with all these tools and everything, and I, I, I really want to serve you. So uh, I, out of the blue, somebody obeys God, goes over and says, hey, have you heard about Clean Slate? And he's like, no. So next thing, he sends an email, sends an email to, to Denise. Me. And got, Denise came through again. See, I said I'd get you a, <laughs> and I said had, I'd get you a carpenter, and I got you a carpenter. And we had a, a dream team carpenter again. So uh, praise God, God followed through. Then we uh, got to Amanda's house. We moved all the furniture out, and uh, Carl... Denise's husband comes over and he starts working on the electrical. And next thing we know, his electrician is getting shocked because he touched a light fixture that was turned on. And so literally, I mean, everything we pulled out of that house, we found electrical wires just hot, just sitting there. And they were up in the attic and there was just un uncapped electrical wires just everywhere. Yeah, which Ro I mean, just like Manon's home, I mean, really, they said, a, a came in and said it could have burnt down. Yeah. I mean, without exaggerating. I mean, you know, just the electrical in those older homes and they yeah. haven't been redone. And, and until you start redoing, you don't know. Yeah, when you flip a light switch on and the light comes on and the dishwasher, you know. And that did happen. Except yeah. it was you flipped yeah. the light in the hallway and three bedroom lights came on all at once. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, God miraculously <laughs> provided an electrical engineer and her husband, and he had a team of two other electricians. They worked 48 hours straight, straight, and we still are about 95% of 
Uh, and it, it's just miraculous that God. So don't touch the, the lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, it's all good. But uh, um, it, it's just—it was amazing how God provided the right people for the mm -hmm. right job. And because you had originally given Carl to Manon. You're like, I had, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, Manon, issues. take Carl, him. We're just putting in a few light fixtures, Manon, so go ahead, take him. <laughs> and so, yeah, God knew. And then um, um, just something Painting. is, yeah, yeah, something very small. Just it, God's in the big things, but he's also in the small things. And I, I'm, you know, trying to save dollars and budgets, so we go out and we buy two blank canvases for like 12 bucks. And I'm like, eh, hey, we can do something with them because, you know, if I buy a, a regular painting at Gordman's or whatever, it's going to be $200, and I wanted really big ones. And so, um, so you got a blank one. <laughs> so I got a blank one. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, we'll find somebody. I got some paint, you know. So I spent maybe, I think it was $15 total. So uh, I walk in, and I, I go up to Brett, and I'm like, Brett, you're talented. Here, go paint this. And so uh, all the while, uh, Rex and Lori Wilson have a running friend that runs with uh, Lori, and she's a professional artist. And God had been speaking to her for several weeks about, you know, I, I should be, I should be donate, or donating or giving my, my ability to God. And so, uh, lo and behold, uh, happenstance meeting, uh, Brett had met Melody uh, at some party for Rex and Lori, and so he remembered, hey, she's an artist. So one thing led to another. Two blank canvases show up on uh, Melody's doorstep. She had about three hours. And she painted two custom, amazing, amazing uh, paintings on these blank canvases. Uh, we gave her a curtain and a picture, and she matched it. It's perfect. It fits the room. And God just provided the right thing at the right time, just spectacularly. So. Yeah. He does. He's good. Wow. That's really good. Uh, give God a hand for Thank, this yeah, team great. and what they do. You know, uh, we, go around to, we go around to all the homes, and then usually at the end of Clean Slate, I you know, pile my kids in the car and drive like a crazy person to each reveal because I want my kids, you know, the older ones have worked on it, but the other ones, I want them to see that. And, you know, because you want your kids to see what God can do and be a part of that. And we were driving home, and it was Anderson and Avery and I were in the car, and we were just talking about, you know, what God did. And um, Anderson said, you know, we just said, there's no way to explain it. I mean, you all watching the video, there is no way to really show you uh, how incredible and how awesome all of that is. And Anderson said, yeah. You know, Mom, it's kind of like watching a roller coaster, but not really getting to experience it. And, um, you know, the thing is, we want all of you that were not a part of Clean Slate to be able to experience it in some way. And um, one thing that happened, uh, Marty McCain is the principal, and she got a call about a week and a half ago. You know, here we are redoing her school. She's been there 20 years. We're redoing. It's going to be amazing. She's all excited about what we're doing. And she got word from uh, the school district that she's being moved to another school. And so uh, she has two years left of retirement, and she's being moved to another school. And so, but I got to tell you this, she didn't go, I don't care, do whatever you want. She was all about what we were doing in that school, knowing that that's not where she will be uh, the leader of next year, next fall. And so, Marty, as a gift to you, we are going to do a clean slate at Jones Elementary. 
for you uh, before school starts because you deserve it. And also so that all of you that weren't a part of that can ride the roller coaster, okay? So get involved and be a part and uh, donate your time, your talent, your treasure uh, to be a part of what God is doing. I want to read you one verse of scripture as we wrap this up today. And Mark chapter 6, verse 34, is a great picture and perfect example of how Jesus Christ did what we're talking about doing. Because compassion is not Clean Slate Weekend. Compassion's got to be bigger than Clean Slate Weekend. Clean Slate Weekend is about sparking compassion in you, that it would be a way of life for you. If you want to teach compassion to your children, you have to model it. You, you, just, you don't just get involved in one weekend. You see a need and you do something about the need. And then you explain to your children why you did something about the need. That's how you model uh, compassion to children. But listen what Jesus did in Mark 6. When Jesus saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So Jesus saw a need and so he did something about the need. He began teaching. Jesus was a healer. Jesus was a feeder. Jesus, you know, was a mentor. Jesus was all these things, but he was a teacher. And he used his gift set and he used his gift mix that God, and, and he, he used the abilities that he had to address the need that he saw. And it says, so Jesus taught them. And, and the application for you today is for you to see a need and so. Do something about it. So my question for you today is, what's your so? What, what, what is the need that you see? It may be in your family. It may be in your neighbors. It may be in your neighborhood. It may be at your kid's school. It may be at your church. It may, it may be, I don't know what the so is, but you see a need. And the question is, so what? So what are you going to do about it? Use the gift mix that God has placed upon you and in you. To do something about it and so the homework assignment this week we got one more word next week in this series the homework assignment this week is so what s-o-w-h-a-t and s-e-w-w-h-a-t what are you going to do with the need you see and what are you going to sow into the culture of our city and what are you going to sow into the culture of the environments that you walk through as a Christ follower who the Holy Spirit of God lives inside the same power that's available that resurrected Jesus from the dead is lives in each one of you who are Christ followers and he has empowered you and lives inside of you in order for you to make a difference so what this week so what and involve your kids and show them what it is that God is doing in you and what it is that God is doing through you. Would you pray with me in all of our environments today? Would you bow your head and would you just uh, talk to the Lord this morning? And, and I just want to say to you, if you're here today or you're watching on the internet or you're in the chapel or you're at prior or uh, you're clued into what we're doing here today, I, I want to look at that passage of 1 John just again. I want to read it to you again with your heads bowed and eyes closed. It says that we know what real love is because Jesus gave his life for us. We know what real love is because Jesus gave his life for us. There's no greater love than the love of Jesus and no greater need than the need of a Savior. And he answered that need because he was the only one that could. 
And today you can have that need met right here in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you've never given your life to Christ, I just want you to pray with me. Wherever you are in any of our environments today, would you just pray with me and say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, but today I ask you to forgive me for all my sin. Jesus, come into my life to be my Lord. You call the shots in my life. Come in as my Savior, my forgiver, and my best friend. In the best way that I know how, I turn my back on my sin, and I trust you alone, Jesus, to save me. And I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we all say, Amen.